Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is 11-11-2021, Veterans Day. Yay! Yes. Happy Veterans Day to all of our veteran listeners. Yes, happy Veterans Day to you. Is that what you do with Veterans Day? What? Happy Veterans happy Day. Happy Veterans Day? Yeah, I don't know what the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. What do you do? What's the correct... Do you, you guys salute, get cards? but that doesn't come across I know. on a podcast. I don't think so. Yeah, what is, what is it? How do you... The, um, happy Veterans Day. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Seen some people putting flags out in the neighborhood, so that's nice. We're not very patriotic. We don't know about sure. that. I know. Maybe someone will tell us. All right, guys. Bye week is almost over. Uh, we've got the Washington Redskins coming up, so we're going to discuss that. Molly's got somewhat of a breakdown. Is this the only podcast we're going to do? We're going to do one tomorrow. I don't think so. No. When the full injury report comes out. So this is the preview for the Washington Redskins game. This is it. All right. Well, we got some good show for you. We got uh, some Bucks news. We have some league news. And uh, then we're going to get into the Washington Redskins preview. Uh, where do you want to start off? Okay. Let's do some Bucks news. I'm just going to run through it real quick. Okay. Well, maybe not real quick. We don't have to do it fast. We got a whole show. Uh, Levante, I mean, Devin White was fined twice for the horse collar tackle that, uh, where James Winston tore his ACL. So he got called for roughing the passer and, oh no. Okay. Scratch that. I worded that weird. He, he was fined twice for the Saints game. One was for the horse collar tackle, and that was $15,450. He got fined for that unnecessary roughness. And then he got fined for a taunt, the taunting penalty, uh, $10,300. Good Lord. I know. So That's that ridiculous. game cost him almost $26,000. Man. Uh, speaking of the taunting penalty, I don't know if y'all watched the Chicago Bears Pittsburgh game. Uh, was it Thursday, uh, last Thursday night? Monday. It was Monday. Monday night football. Yeah. My God, did the Bears get robbed. It Post. was some of the worst officiating I've seen since Sunday. <laughs> since Sunday. <laughs> it is. They really topped it there. <laughs> <laughs> they outdid themselves. It's, I'm telling you, football is getting almost unbearable to watch. You know, and I saw some insinuation that now that they're allowing sports betting, you're getting these really trash calls and it yes. makes people wonder. I, that's what I had, I had written down. And we've talked about this for quite a few years here on the podcast. The, every single major sports league in the world has had referee scandals except the NFL. The NFL has not had one single referee scandal, especially one involving gambling. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but that's impossible. 
Oh my gosh. I was just, I was like, has the NBA? Yes, they have. Oh, 2007. Yeah. yeah. Betting scandal. Yes. And there's, it's, it's impossible. It is literally impossible. Now, the NFL is notoriously secretive. They keep everything in-house. And you know it's happened. And they've just quietly pushed it under the rug. And we've seen with the way the NFL has been handling things, over the, especially the past decade, that they're not on the up and up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they're, very, they're very politically influenced. We know that now. And they're very quick to, to hide stuff. You or know. come out with stuff when it's politically convenient. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, the whole CTE, bong doogle, doogle bongle, or whatever it's called, that's that's just a complete mess. And that's one of the reasons why we have some of these crappy rules. You know, it's because of the whole player safety mantra. <clears throat> but you have to ask yourself, I mean, some of those calls in that Monday Night Football game, I mean, even the announcers, we're like, uh, this is something weird is going on here. And then you listen to Pat McAfee and his show. Oh, my God, did he lay into him. I mean, he made no bones about the fact that he hated that ref in particular. It was an <laughs> ego thing for that ref. And, uh, he just laid was into Was that him. the one where the, where the ref leaned his butt into a guy yeah. and then called him for – what was the flag? It, it was taunting. But – the guy was running off the field. He was running back to the bench. And the ref, you could see it. I saw it live. And I was like, what the was that? I mean, the ref kind of like tried to hip check him as yeah. he was running by. I mean, he definitely, and, and he did his elbow out too to try and hit the guy. And the guy wasn't even. Wasn't even looking at him. I mean, no. he just run, he was running by with his head turned the other direction. Right, which makes you wonder, was the ref trying to get hit so that he could throw a penalty? He was going to throw a penalty no matter what. And mm-hmm. he was trying to make it look like. You know, and as Pat McAfee said, he probably had somebody in his ear as soon as he did that going, hey, everybody just saw that. You can't throw the flag for that. <laughs> you know, you intentionally tried to bump yeah. into the player. But there's just weird stuff going on. I mean, we have you know, we stereotype no, no matter how much we don't like to, but we stereotype people and we like to think that referees are above humans. Same thing we do with scientists and police officers and teachers and all that. Mm-hmm. We attribute all these characteristics to them based on their job when in reality, they're people just like us. They have the same, they've got the same egos, greed, desire for you know, status, money, all that good stuff. They're, they're fallible just like we are. And that they never had an NFL referee scandal is impossible. I'm, I'm, I'm here to say it. It's impossible. They've had them. They've just hit them. And you know, with the, the whole gambling thing, we've talked about that. We don't particularly agree with the fact that the NFL is endorsing in gambling. You know, it would be so, so easy now, especially with all the subjective penalties for refs to throw the games. And, we're, you know, we saw it with our game. You know, those penalties were ridiculous. And then the, you know, that Chicago game, it was blatant right there for everybody to see. You know, the, the one penalty where the, the t- touchdown got taken away because the guy did a low block outside the tackle or the tight end box, you know, the the announcers immediately had the graphic up showing that he was not outside the tight end box. That's, that screwed the refs. I mean, they, they put it up immediately. They were like, wow. ooh. So, you know, there's some weird stuff going on, weird, weird stuff. But even if even if you, you say the refs are throwing games or whatever, take that out of the picture. 
it's impossible for them to do their job with these stupid, stupid rules now. And you know, we've talked about this on the podcast, but in physics and engineering, there's a saying that the more complex a system is, the easier it is to break, or the more likely it is to break. And the rule book, if you go and you read the rule book, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's doubled in size in the past 10 years. The rules are very generalized and vague, and sometimes they don't even make sense. You know, you need a professional to interpret it for you, and it shouldn't be that way. Anytime anything gets to that point, it's prime to be destroyed and broken. I know. When you have all the major networks employ a former official <laughs> to come interpret calls for you, for they're the They're always audience, wrong. They're, they're always. They're always wrong with the call on the field. They'll be like, oh, this is going to get overturned, and it's not. And they're like, well, that's surprising. Mm-hmm. I always bet against the officials. Well, I mean, that kind of just goes to show, doesn't it, how yes. garbage and subjective these calls can be? Right. Now, it's one of the things I liked about the tuck rule. I hated the tuck rule. I thought it was stupid. But the one thing I did like about it is that it was completely objective. If the arm was going forward, it was a pass. Now, it was dumb, mm-hmm. but it was objective. And it's kind of the same way with the hitting the quarterback in the head rule you know i mean i'm kind of fine with it if if you could objectively go okay he touched the quarterback's helmet so technically that's a foul you might not agree with it and everything but you can do that but taunting i mean that's i mean the, the and sh- why 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 right right why? Well, well, who cares what impact you know what is it doing to the game that's so detrimental oh it's ruining it, it. makes it more fun it, it's kind of like when they took out celebrations you know it was like what now they put them back in you're like well, why even yeah. do it it kind of reminds me of prohibition in the 20s it was like well, you know it was just a disaster all across the board well, why'd you even do it yeah well it's the same remember the pass interference issues mm-hmm. where you could challenge and, and then you know that was a year and then they took it away right well the refs didn't like that yeah. so they just made they were like spoiled kids and we're like well yeah, they'd whine about it and they were like we're not going to change it we know it looks like a catch but we're not going to change it but the nfl right now seems to be more worried about their political messaging than they are the entertainment product and that's bad that's bad you know i said almost a decade ago i said that the way that the, the nfl is going it's going to be a shadow of itself in in Mm-hmm. A decade is what I said. I think I still got like three years left on that. Mm-hmm. I swear we're heading toward it. I know a lot of people. I got a lot of friends and stuff who they just can't watch football anymore. Mm-hmm. I was out talking with a guy, the Chicago Bear guy, our neighbor. We were out throwing football and uh, we were talking about it. And he was saying, he was like, I, I don't know if I can watch football anymore. I just, these penalties are just too much, you know? And there's almost everybody I talk to is like that. So they, they've got to do something. They've got to do something. They're ruining the product because they want this this messaging stuff. Well, I just think NFL leadership is completely out of touch and uh, tone deaf to what the fan base actually wants. Right. Well, you know, and I don't feel like they're overly concerned with it either. Right. And and NASCAR did this and totally ruined their sport. You know, NASCAR was the fastest growing sport in the early aughts, you know, late nineties, early aughts, fastest growing sport in the world. And they ruined it. Because they tried to decrease the amount of accidents and make it family friendly. Now, those were their two goals. Now, I'm sorry. Everybody that watches NASCAR, I don't care what they say, they watch it for the accidents. They watch it for the wrecks. That's the huge, huge draw to NASCAR. I mean, Mm -hmm. people like to see this stuff. And you might 
morally, ethically, you might go, oh, that's not good and everything, but it's human nature. Look at the gladiator days and the Romans. This is all sports are it's a simulation of war, mm-hmm. you know, and we do it so that we don't have wars. <laughs> You know, they are in place of wars. Right. It's an outlet. I mean, we talked about this all last year. Mm -hmm. It's an outlet for people to burn off steam and um, it it scratches that itch. It's that tribe. You get a tribe. You Mm -hmm. get you simulate war and competition. And it keeps people from going to war. If you've got sports as an outlet, then it keeps people from wanting to murder each other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know. It's just human nature. Yeah. We're tribal. But when you look at football, okay, so, you know, 10 years, 15 years ago, there would be shows where they showed all the hardest yeah, the big hits. big hits. Oh, the yeah. big hits. Yeah. And, I love those. Yeah, and they would replay them and, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, the NFL wanted to get away from that with all the CTE stuff. They were like, oh, we can't be celebrating that, which, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Like, I can see... You know, I mean, now it's even, you know, you can't even say, uh, you know, like Joe Buck's fan got in trouble because they said uh, Devin White's hit on Jameis that knocked him out of the game was the biggest play of the season. And you can't even say that. Like, people are mad at him mm-hmm. for that. And so, okay, so we're going to get rid of the big hits. Fine. But then now it's like they've taken away they're taking away all the fun stuff. So a big hits, we can't celebrate those anymore. Mm-hmm. Can't appreciate those. Right. Because we don't want to seem like we're rooting for people to get injured. But now it's even. You, you can't hit the quarterback. You can't hit the quarterback. I know you got to lay them down softly. Yes. Like you can't put your weight on love. them. Yeah. You, you can't touch their helmets. And then, but it, they're going even further. You can't celebrate. Okay, we'll bring that back. That's fine. But now taunting, you can't even taunt. Right. Like, are we serious? Right. Like, what? what's left? Right. And the Chicago game is a perfect example of how screwed up this rule is because you can't you, you can't read people's thoughts. And the guy went and he looked at the Chicago Bears sideline, and that was taunting. He yeah. wasn't even over there by the time the ref had. Yeah, but yeah, he was twenty yards away. He was, he was standing at the hash. Yeah, right. You know, it's not like he ran over to the sideline and he started calling them all names and talking about their moms or stuff like that. I mean, he just ran over just to the hash mark, the closest hash mark, which is twenty yards away, and he, you know, kind of stuck his hands out, kind of like a. Achilles did in Troy, you know, is, is there, there no, no one, one else? else? <laughs> or or in Gladiator, you know, he's like, are you not entertained? Yeah. That's how I, the sense I got from it. Yeah. It was a big play Which and a big I moment. Which I love that. Yes. Why Everybody that? does, except for Pittsburgh fans. I know. So, you know, w- w- what we're doing is we're charging the officials to mind read in that mm-hmm. situation. And you can't, it's just not, a, it's not tenable. And now, with with this stuff and the, and the rules, people who who make rules and regulations and stuff like that, they they never seem to understand the law of unintended consequences. You know, uh, it's it, it's come to be used as an adage to or, or idiomatic warning that an intervention in a complex system tends to create unanticipated and often undesirable consequences. That's exactly what we're seeing now. I mean, the NFL is shedding viewerships because, you know, every game you watch, every play, 
you got to look down and see if there's a flag. You know, and then, you know, you've got these great spectacular plays that are being called back for minor, minor, minor invisible infractions. And people just don't want to put up with that. And they're and they're 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 losing, you know, viewers. I, I personally know people that have stopped watching the game over the past few years, you know, based on politics and the uh, refereeing and all the stupid penalties and the way they're pushing the game. And, and it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Anyhow, that was a tangent we got off on. I know. How we're, did that happen? We're doing Bucks news, and we end up. I know talking about the refs. So it, it's something to look forward, look at going forward. If the refs are going to adjust, uh, it doesn't look like it. I mean, here we are halfway through the season, and they're still doing this stuff. They 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 well, call the them, NFL has doubled down, right? Yes, the owners are coming out and going, "Oh yeah, this is a good thing." Like you are tone deaf and. Mm-hmm. You have no idea why people watch the sport. Right. And, you know, they they say these these fouls are points of emphasis. That's what, you know, that's what they call them. Point of emphasis mm-hmm. rules and fouls because they want to really push it. Taunting. Mm-hmm. We're ruining the game because of taunting. Now, I remember when Greg Shiano was here and the media just went ballistic because they said, you know, he's a he's dealing with grown men. You know, and, you know, he's he's treating them like kids and yeah. college yeah. students and everything. I'm like, what? It's an emotional, passionate sport. These guys are putting their physical bodies on the line. They go through a lot of mental training, a lot of physical training and everything. Yet you're going to get some of that. It's almost impossible to keep guys from doing that. And just the fact that they're even trying just goes to show, like you said, how out of touch they are with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Okay, let's Moving get on. back to some Bucks news. I, I like that rant though. That was that was a good one. <laughs> you gotta clip that one. So our weekly practice squad protections. We had tight end Cody McElroy, kicker Jose Borgales, safety Troy Werner, and cornerback Bleedy Ray Wilson. Bleedy. I'm just making sure that was this week. Uh, I didn't know we had Bleedy. I did not either. <laughs> we get a lot of guys where I'm just like, who, yeah, they what? go back and forth. I know. Yeah. Well, we turned the bottom. We did <laughs> percentile. So we did that this week. We got rid of uh, wide receiver John Hurst and tight end Dion Yelder from the practice squad, and then we brought in Brashad Perriman. Perriman's back on the team, and tight end Darren Fells, who played with the Lions. He was a former lion. So. I'm glad we got Perriman back. You remember him? When, I think it was 2019. Evans went out. Mm-hmm. I think Evans and Godwin both were out. And mm-hmm. Perriman had to be the number one. And this was a Jameis Winston. And he just lit it up. Yeah. And it was crazy because it was him and Jameis had not clicked like that whole season. Mm-hmm. They were kind of inconsistent together. And... When he got that number one spot, it was just crazy because he was making these ridiculous catches. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, you saw him, and I can remember one. I think he was on the sideline, and the ankle was kind of obscured by a defender. You mm-hmm. could not see Perriman. You were like, there's, there's no, no freaking way, he, way he made that catch. He made it. Yes, he did. And it was just awesome. So, And I remember uh, watching him in the off season when we got him. I watched him on tape uh, with the Jets. And I was blown away. I was like, this guy is elite. 
he is a number one receiver. And I was like, we got it. We got a good deal here. He's just never really panned out anywhere. And, you know, even with us, you know, he's what going to be fourth, fifth man. Yeah. <laughs> if he makes a start in roster. Right. I think he, he might play this week because Godwin's got a hurt foot. Foot injury and um, Antonio Brown, they're saying he had the boot off during um, practice, but he's not, he's probably not going to go. What, how about Gronkowski? Any word on him? No, probably, BA was saying probably another couple weeks with him. Damn. Which, that's not unusual. It's unusual no, yeah. for Gronk to be healthy a whole season. Right. And normally, I'm not a big fan of players like that, but Gronk is like a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. We'll forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> He's so uh, productive when he is there that it just makes up for any time he misses. <laughs> uh, but they, um, Adam Schefter is saying that Perriman, well, this is per Drew Rosenhaus, Perriman's agent, that Perryman he's going to start off on the practice squad, but they, we anticipate um, moving him to the active roster soon. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if this this week. Yeah. I mean, he knows the, the offense. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The only thing is building chemistry with Tom Brady, which I think is going to be a lot easier than it was with Winston. Wouldn't that be something if those two just hit it off and bam, bam, mm. kind of impairment. He, he's a damn good receiver, man. He just, I don't, I don't know what it is. That's, you know, he was a number one, a first round draft pick and, you know, he was with the jets and nobody ever works out with the jets. Uh, and he's just n- never, never really latched on, but, and I don't know why there's so many players like that, that, that happens to where I'm just like, wow, they're really good, but some reason they just don't make it. Well, I think it's just the caliber of talent in the NFL. I mean, there it it's just so stacked. Well, I think I mean. it's that, and you know, we we're not in the industry. We're not coaches, and coaches look at stuff totally different than normal people do. They're looking for guys that are quote coachable or mm-hmm. fit their system, you know, whatever. And so they're looking for totally different stuff than what we would look at or what I would look at. Uh, but I've seen players that I've been like, wow, these guys are lighting it up. And then they get cut for no reason or, mm-hmm. you know, we don't re-sign them or whatever. You know, Danny Lanzana is one that I'm just like, hey, Keith Tandy, you know, I, they get on the field, they're playmakers, but they never got starting jobs. They, you know, get more on and off practice squads, all this good stuff. And I'm just like, wow, that's weird because when they're on the field, they are lighting stuff up. They're the playmakers. And, you know, it's apparently they're just not good at practice or they're not coachable or something. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe they're weirdos in the locker room. I, I got a correction. He was drafted by the Ravens in 2015. Perriman was? Yeah. Okay. First round, though? Yeah. Uh, 26 overall and then he went to the Redskins and then the Browns and then he came to us in 2019 then he went to the Jets then the Lions got cut in the preseason by the Lions and then he went to the Bears he's been with the Bears beginning of the season gosh he's been with some crappy teams I know for passing for sure yeah. so it was the Browns he was with before he came to us yes okay that's what I watched on game field now. you know I might have watched Baltimore too I think I went through quite a few years of his he didn't start a lot. That was a thing. I think with the the Ravens, 
they drafted him, but he didn't start for like a year. Oh, and then when he weird. did start, he only played a few games. And that's kind of been his career. I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Because when he started for us, he played great. Yeah. yeah. And when he started with the Ravens, he played great. There's something, some reason why he just doesn't make a roster. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of mm -hmm. the, I'm jumping around a little bit here. That's okay. Speaking about the rounds and the crappy teams, how about the underdog week? Oh, I have that in the game preview. Okay. Okay. Okay, Well, well, let's talk about it. it. No, 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 we'll talk about it now. Um, Yeah, I'm just saying it was upset week. The upset week, week there's always one. There's always one week. We've and been, it's been, when all your pickums, you're just totally mm-hmm. screwed. You get everything wrong. Uh, we've been we've been documenting this for a decade now. Mm-hmm. I think we talk about it every year on the podcast. There's mm-hmm. always that one week where all the underdogs win. It just goes crazy. Yeah, and it it extremely helped us out. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. everybody we needed to lose lost except for the Arizona Cardinals. And you know we bu- we moved up in the standings in the NFC. I think we're second. We're right behind the Cardinals. I think. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, and it's great when that happens during a bye week. You don't even you don't even <laughs> play and you end up winning. <laughs> it's not you know I know because I feel like had we played the you know if this Washington game was week nine instead yeah, we of week ten lost. we might have lost. Right. I mean there was that chance. Uh, Jacksonville beat Buffalo. That one was ridiculous. Nine to six. Like, are we serious? That happened. I know. Jacksonville beat Buffalo. I love that. Nobody saw that coming. Nine to six, too. It's like <laughs> all <laughs> field that? goals. It's, uh, one, two, it's three, four, five field goals. Yeah. Good Lord. It's a field goal. It's a kicker year. Or it's a touchdown and a missed extra point. But I think it was. I'm, I'm going to look at it. Pretty sure it was. No, Field I was goals. wrong. We're not we're not second. Oh really? Yeah, no, we're not. Let me see. The Dallas Cowboys are six and two, so they're tied with us, but we've got the tiebreaker there. Uh Green Bay Packers are seven and two, so they're ahead of us. Uh and the Arizona Cardinals are eight and one. So what's that put us? Third or fourth? Third in the NFC? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Uh Denver beat Dallas. So that was good for us, but they're still seven and two. Third, we're third. We're third. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. In in striking distance. Oh yeah. At this, at this time yeah. of the year, and we haven't even popped off yet. So I know we're in great shape, guys. Uh, the biggest one was the Falcons beating New Orleans. Hmm. Which. We watched that game twice, and I still don't remember anything about I it. I don't. Okay, for, I'm so glad because I don't. <laughs> Cordell <laughs> Peterson, I remember him. <laughs> it was kind of a boring Cordell game. Patter- Cordell, yeah. Patterson, Peterson, whatever. He's uh, lighting it up with Atlanta. Yeah. They always get these running backs. Though. They're going to let him go next year. It, That's what they do. Well, he's not even year. a running back. He's a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, I think they didn't they convert him to. He's, he's like a. Pat McGaffey is just hybrid. at everything, yeah. Well, I think because his size is weird. Like, he's, I yeah, think he's smaller. Guy. Really? Yeah. No, I thought like he was D- smaller. He's Metcalf size. He's huge. Really? I get it. Man, maybe we're not watching the same stuff. Maybe not. Yeah, look okay. him up, see his, his size and stuff. Did you notice, and I've been saying this all year, and how weird Matt Ryan is playing? Did you, did you notice it in that game? I think it's his brain. I th- he's it's his mindset. He's uh, oh yeah, definitely. 
Uh, he's trying. He's broken. So hard. Mm-hmm. He, he's wanting all of a sudden to be a running quarterback now or a scrambling oh quarterback. Oh, my gosh. He's doing some weird stuff. I don't know if it's the coach. You know, he's got a new coach and everything, so maybe it's them. I just think he's just so desperate. To, I mean, mm-hmm. he's coming up on the end of his legacy. Like, yeah. he needs to shit or get off the pot. Yeah, and I think he's shitting. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Uh, Cordero Patterson is six foot two and two hundred and twenty pounds. That's pretty big. I mean, it, yeah, for an NFL player, Drew, I guess. Drew Brees was six foot, and we talked about how tiny he is. So yeah. this guy is only two inches taller. Probably, I mean, maybe you know these they lie on these things too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he could be six eight. Or He's like five eleven and three quarters. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan, I think it's just Matt is co- is coming up on the end of his career and panicking. Yeah. And so. Yeah, he's playing horrible football. Yeah, but he just, it just reeks of desperation. Mm-hmm. And I agree so, with you. And I think, you know, the team eventually is running out of excuses for him. I mean, how many coaches have they gone through? Personnel. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a shame to say, you know, I mean, I don't like the Falcons. But they're the, my least hated NFC South team. And I've always liked Matt Ryan. hes I, I've always thought he's underrated. But this year, he looks like how everybody kind of has uh, seen him as. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a bumbling quarterback back there. Anyhow. Um, the Giants beat the Raiders. <laughs> the so Raiders. that was kind of a surprise. Good Lord. Now, I, we said oh last year. We said last year that the Raiders were going to just implode. We were off by a year. Well, I thought it would be because of John Gruden would make right. them implode, but he's not even there anymore. They don't have that excuse. They should have kept him on so then they could point the finger at oh, him. Man, they are just, they are a mess over there. I know. They started off so good, too. Yeah. Well, it's all these off-the-field things. Yeah. It's not necessarily how they're playing, although they got beat by the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and here's a big one. Tennessee beat the Rams. Oh, I know. We were in Tennessee this weekend, so you're welcome, guys. Yes, it was our presence. There you go. And they they didn't just beat them. I mean, they punched them in the mouth. Oh, my God, they beat the crap out of Matt Stafford. The whole game. They were just out physically dominated those guys. Yeah, Matt Stafford looked bad. And Tennessee is, I think, the only old-school football team, you know, that still plays old-school football. Tacking and blocking. Uh, you know, the Baltimore does, but uh, Tennessee's, you know, they're just, they're going to run it down your throat. They're just going to mm-hmm. out physical you. That's their yeah. whole, their whole game plan. They ain't, oh, they ain't out there doing trick plays and long bombs and stuff. Yeah. You know? If you did not watch that game, you should watch it. it yeah, it was a good great. game. Great. Yeah. Yeah. The Rams. Fantastic. They, the announcer said, uh, McVeigh looks like he, what was it he said? Uh, he's got, Deer in the headlights. Deer in the headlights. He hasn't looked this way since the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Y'all, you need to um, clip this. It's going to happen again in the playoffs, I think. The Rams? Uh, yeah, the Rams. Okay, so coming off a loss like that, you only really, I feel like, you have one kind of cycle to redeem yourself before it gets in your head mm-hmm. and sticks with you that you can't make it past this point. Yeah. And so, especially with Sean McVay losing like that so early in his head coaching career, and mm-hmm. he's a young guy, 
I don't think he quite has the resiliency to come back from that. So hmm. I'm going to call it. They're going to get to the playoffs and shit the bed. Wow. They I'm might not saying. even get there. You know, if Arizona keeps it up and yeah. some of the other teams in the NFC South rise up like they're looking like. Uh, mm-hmm. That's uh, true. The Stafford pulled a Patrick Mahomes, the Mahomes effect during that game. Mm-hmm. He was being tackled in the end zone, spun – he was being spun around, literally did a 360, and just threw the ball. Just like, I mean, Oh, and that's when it got intercepted yes, near the end zone. Yes. You're like, come on. It, it, the you Patrick Mahomes, eff- the Mahomes effect throughout mm-hmm. the league. We Guys, we said we're doing a video on this. We're going to do it. We've been, you got to do it. We've been documenting it I all know. year. We have a list. Yes. It's amazing at how many, every game. You yeah. know, like I said, even Matt Ryan is doing it where they're just – you know, they're getting tackled, and they'll just chunk the ball up and try and make these spectacular plays that nine times out of ten turn out crappy. And here's what used to happen is they would do those, but they would throw them away out of bounds. No, mm-hmm. they're not doing that. They're yeah. throwing it in the field of play. Just It's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. So. Well, who was it we saw threw it over their head backwards? Oh, God. I don't remember that one. Yeah. I can't remember Probably who it was. Probably Josh Allen. And I almost want to say he did it with stupid. two hands. Like, oh, like my God. It looked like. But it's just bad, bad. It's horrible quarterback play this year. Just bad stuff. You you put that in with a horrible referee, and, and you know, some of these games are just becoming unwatchable. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So, yes, the underdogs won this week, and all the teams we needed to win won. All the teams we needed to lose lost, except for the Arizona Cardinals. And they ended up winning without their starting quarterback, their number one receiver. Uh, they had a bunch of starters out. What happened? And still dominated. What happened to Kyler Murray? Uh, was it COVID? Mm. I can't remember. Let's see. Uh so they played San Francisco. Yeah. Which San Francisco, you know, I love John Lynch and everything, but they got to do something. They need a house clean. Shanahan sucks. And, you know, that, that team just is not. Oh, my God. They let Colt McCoy put up 249 yards and a touchdown. Dang. And put up a 31 points. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't even that close. I mean. They were yeah, it's thirty-one to seventeen. Like it was not. Yeah, no, I'm saying it wasn't even that close. It was, it was a bad beatdown. Good grief! Basically, by Arizona's Ooh. second second string. Wow. All right. All right. So back to Bucks news. What, okay, what Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we keep getting derailed. I'm oh, sorry though. Uh, Richard Sherman and D. Delaney both were full speed in practice on Wednesday, so that's good news coming up. Now, SMB should be back Sunday, right? I don't know. I know that he is practicing, but let me see if he's on the injury report. Last I heard, SMB and... I I, want to say yes. I believe that you are right, but... And Carlton Davis, how's he looking? We got any word on him? Neither one is on the injury report, so it looks like they should be good to go. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Got some rest. 
Uh, JPP tweeted about his shoulder, which is very unusual for him. Yeah, like normally he does not talk about this. So he tweeted and said, here's the tweet. I'm barely getting any sleep with this shoulder injury. I've had my fair, my share of injuries, but this one by far the worst of them all, which you blow your hand off and a <laughs> rotator cuff is worse. worse. Like that's pretty, that's wow. Uh, he said, I already broke my promise to myself, so I'm going to thug it out until I can't. So he's never this vocal about injuries. And so this must be, and for him not to be sleeping, that's just, ooh, mm. that's concerning to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jamal Dean, Jamal Dean, according to Pro Football Focus, who, you know, we trust their, so yes, <laughs> they, they have him. Uh, quarterbacks have a 32.1 passer rating when targeting him in zone coverage. He's number one in all quarterbacks across the league. Now, of course, this is coming from pro football focus who I don't even know how they could do that because they don't look at the all 22. They just look at broadcast and you can't see what the cornerbacks are doing there. So take that with a grain of salt, but I thought I'd bring it up because. Interesting. Yeah. Which. I, I don't think that's really true. I don't think Jamel Dean has played that great this year. He's had some good plays, but he's also screwed up quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I think when Carlton Davis and SMB come back, we're not going to see that big of a difference in our secondary. Like I've said, the, you know, these guys that we plugged in, they've done great. Uh, Desir had a horrible week last week. Yeah. A lot of it was missed tackles, though, but he did get beat on some big passes. But I don't begrudge people for that, though. You know, especially backups. I and mean, he was on the practice squad like three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. You know, so I just don't... I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, someone like SMB or Carlton Davis had that kind of game, you'd be... I think it would be a different story. Yeah. So... Um, okay, NFC South news. You got any more Bucks news? Yes. Okay. I got some oh huge news. Oh my gosh, what? Well, Mike Evans is one touchdown away from tying Mike Allstott's franchise record for touchdowns. Woo. And he's probably going to get that playing Washington this week. He might even break it. If he gets two, he's going to take the record. I hope Tom Brady throws that ball in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom will. That's great. <laughs> oh, oh, good man. one. Yes. No, that would be that would be awesome, and that would be so Tom Brady too. Yeah, it'd be uh, pretty funny. Yeah, uh, but the, you know, this is the touchdown record excludes quarterbacks. <clears throat> Mike Allstott has had it since uh, two thousand and three, I think it is. Uh, and he is sitting at no 2006. He has 71. Mike Evans has 70, and he's he did it a lot quicker than Mike Allstott too. He's actually done it pretty damn quick compared to most people in the league. Uh, Evans averages 3.8 points a game, uh, so that's not too shabby. Uh, most of how's these, he kicking field goals? <laughs> how's he getting that point eight? How's he? <laughs> But you know this is kind of a big deal. There's only when there's only one active NFL player that has franchise touchdown records for their team, and that's and he's on our team. It's Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. He has the franchise record for the uh, New England Patriots. He's Are set, any of them still with the team though? Like Mike's the only one. No, no, there there are no active NFL franchise team 
touchdown record holders, except for Gronkowski. When Mike Evans gets it, there will be two active <laughs> players, and they'll both be on the Buccaneers. First time that's Whoa. ever happened. Uh, the it, it's a really big thing. It's it's because these records do, do not get broken often. I mean, you got to figure the Green Bay Packers, their touchdown leader is from 1945. Wow. Don Hudson. What? Yeah, so he has 105. Uh, the Giants, 1964, Frank Gifford, 78. You the know, Browns. if if Aaron Rodgers didn't get so pissy with all his receivers, <laughs> there could have been one in the modern era. Uh, Jim Brown with the Browns from 1965, 126 touchdowns. Uh, the Jets, Don Maynard, 1972, uh, 88. I mean, this stuff does not happen often. And, uh, you know, some of the newer teams have franchises or records that get broken more often. Mm -hmm. uh, Marquise Colston with the Saints, he he got the franchise record in 2015, but Alvin Kamara is right on his ass and is going to take it this year. The uh, Marquise Colston had 72. He got that in 2015. Alvin Kamara has 66, so he's only uh, six away. He'll get it this season. Alvin he might Kamara, get it in one game. Yeah. Alvin Kamara averages 5.9 points a game. Wow. That's incredible. That's that's like the highest ever. It, it is really outstanding. So this is a really big deal. Uh, you know, like I said, Allstott got this back in uh, 2006. So it's been, it's been 15 years. And Mike Evans is getting ready to break it. So, you know, and he's just going to add on. It's going to be mm -hmm. uh, pretty big. The, the largest... The, the most touchdown, the franchise with the most touchdown, uh, the leader with the most touchdowns is, of course, Jerry Rice with 187. Whoa. Uh, and then behind wow. him is Emmett Smith with the Cowboys. He got that in 2002 at 164. So, you know, those are, and, and Danley Thompson at 153. He got that in 2009. So that's, that's unusual to have that many. Most of them are right around the, 70 touchdown mark. Well, I mean, most receivers don't, or, you know, most players don't make it that long in the league. Right. To have a 14, 15 year career, that's unheard of almost. You right. Know? Yeah. What Evans is on eight. I think this is his eighth year. Sounds about right. Something like that. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's been, he's been moving pretty quick up this list. And uh, it, it's a big deal. I, I really hope. He ties it at Washington and then breaks it at Tampa because Mike Allstott will be there and I think they'll you know they'll have something special and it needs to be something special. It's it's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. um, there's only been eight franchise leaders have played in the past decade. I mean, I'm telling you, this stuff is rare. Uh, other Buck stats: uh, Tom Brady is leading the league in passing touchdowns with 25. Okay. He's leading. Uh, Mike Evans was drafted in 2014. So seven years. Eight years. No, this is his eighth year. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Everybody can hear, hear you doing <laughs> I was counting on my fingers. See you on video. <laughs> counting on your fingers. What? Oh, I like them pretty and dumb. So Tom Brady <laughs> leads in passing touchdowns with 25. He leads in passing yards per game at 331. <laughs> Uh, pass attempts a game at 42.9, which 
That one you're like, eh, I'd rather not lead in that one. Yeah. And passes completed per game at 28.9. So not bad there. Jalen Darden has the longest kickoff return in the league. Oh, cool. 43 okay. yards. Yeah. That one time he did it. Right. Uh, Mike Edwards is tied for first in interception touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Got two sixes. in the one game. Yeah. With, uh, Trayvon Diggs of Dallas. He's also got two. Oh. So those are our leaders in the stat category. You know how we love stats here I know how much Buccaneers you love the Observer, stats. I know. That, that kind of stuff is fun. It's you know? fun. Yeah. Bragging right. Those are records, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as, you know, our defensive stats, you know, team stats and all that, I don't have that. Maybe we'll have it. But this is the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. So just thought I'd throw that out there. See where we're at, what we're doing. Oh, you need to look at the rush yards per game because remember last time we talked about the defense, all the teams in the top five with uh, rush yards allowed, they hadn't. They had all had a bye week, and we had not. And so now that our the bye week is over, we need to see where we stand in the rushing. So you want to look at where do where's our rushing defense rank? Because we were we had dropped down to like fifth, but we had an extra game. That's right. On That's everybody right. else. Yeah. So. While you're looking that up, we can start. If you're done with Bucks news, I will start on the league news. Big news today for the NFC South. Cam Newton is back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I, I can't wait. Just, I mean, we don't play them till week 16. It's the day after Christmas. It's going to be a Christmas, another Christmas present, guys. You know, my. I have a relative that is a Panthers fan that lives in the area, and he is begging us to go to that game. This is that is this going to be the carrot, Ralph, that gets you to that game? Might be. I know. Every and you know, all the fans still have their number one jerseys. Could be awesome. Yeah. Um, yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now second. Behind the New Orleans Saints in rushing. That's yards per game. Okay. Uh, we both have eight games. Uh, they have 590. We have 624 mm-hmm. total total yards. Uh, but they're beating us in uh, uh, yards per rush attempt. They have 3.2. We have 3.9. So that's quite a big thing. Uh, we we are beating them in touchdowns. We've only allowed four rushing touchdowns all season. They've allowed five. And in your right, face. They're right behind them is the Bills. Now the Bills are leading in all defensive categories across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, they're top five everywhere. They're and offensively, they they were at one point they were the number one offense yeah. and the number one defense. A lot of good that's going to do them in the playoffs when they completely. <laughs> you don't collapse. think they're going to make it this year? No. I mean, they do have this going for them that the AFC is pretty weak. So there's that. But I don't have a whole lot of hope for them. They might prove me wrong. They might. We'll see. Cam Newton is it's a one year deal worth up to ten million, which I cannot believe. That's insane. I know. 
So four and a half is fully guaranteed, and then there's a million and a half roster bonus, so the rest must be incentives. Four million in incentives. Mm. And what's what's the incentive? Like, throw a thirty yard pass. <laughs> <laughs> Five hundred thousand dollars. Just one. Just yeah. You one don't even. They don't even have to complete it. Just oh. get it thirty yards down the field. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about this the other day. I was like, I knew Cam Newton was done with the Panthers when they needed a Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was a 60-yarder, 50-yarder. It wasn't that long. It might even have been 40-yarder. And they pulled Cam Newton out and put... I cannot uh, remember this. Greer. Was it Greer? Yeah, they put the backup in. Yeah, it's for that, that one guy. Play. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's done. Yeah. You can't throw a 40, 50-yard pass. I mean, they're not going to keep you around. Yeah. Sam Darnold is out four to six weeks because of a shoulder injury. So that's why they added Cam. But they're starting P.J. Walker, I think, this weekend hmm. is what I saw. Y'all fact check me on that and make sure that's right. I've yes, seen that, but yes. I don't have that. Okay. Yeah, they've benched. Uh, when, well, now he's hurt. Oh, pfft. Yeah, yeah, right. Four to six weeks. Shoulder injury. Uh, he ain't hurt. They just, but I mean, sucks. they gave up what for him? I mean, like a ton of draft picks. That's sad. That's, that's uh, yeah, and then you know you you said he sucked, and then I watched him on game film. I was like, oh, he's horrible. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? I don't. I don't know what. Sometimes I don't know what these coaches see in players. Mm -mm. Like I said, sometimes the players, the players that are really good, don't make teams. The players that suck get starting jobs. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, I guess they're coachable. Something they must interview well. Mm -hmm. Something, uh, yeah, you know, the locker room presence might be a big issue. Uh, you know, and, and then there's always personal connections. You know, you know your dad, mm -hmm. or you know, my dad used to drink with your dad, whatever. Yeah, colleges like well, your alma mater. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, okay, so big news this week: Odell Beckham was released from. The Browns, per his request. It's so weird to me that that's big news. I mean, OBJ was big at one point, but I think he's like, he's not even the top 100th receiver this year. I know. And you know what's crazy is the <laughs> Giants, I feel like, have a string of receivers like this in mm -hmm. the last decade who were just studs yeah. for like a few years and then just dropped yep. right off uh, Victor Cruz. Yeah, and I remember him. OB Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, he was huge, the salsa dancing mm -hmm. and... uh I think there was, wasn't there another one after him, and yes. then OBJ. Mm -hmm. I and they just had a a string of these, and mm -hmm. now, so OBJ was not happy at the Browns for undisclosed reasons, and then asked them to release him. So he cleared waivers. There was discussion whether he would end up at the Buccaneers. That was yeah. shot down pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, B.A. said, we got too many letters. We already got A.B. Yeah. We don't need O.B.J. <laughs> <laughs> and so O.B.J. went to the Rams. The Rams. Yep. Which, again, that, that's almost as bad as going to the Buccaneers. They got Woods. They got Cooper Cup. I know. Uh, you know Why? Yeah. They just let go of Deshaun Jackson, who was pissy because he wasn't getting enough targets. Yeah. Well, and then they're going to add another receiver. Another who, diva. Ha yeah, who has a tendency to get pissy. It just doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but hey, you do you, Rams. We'll see in the playoffs when you choke. Okay. <laughs> you got any more league news? Yes, I do. I want okay. to touch on... <clears throat> do I really even want to go back here? Go here. The Aaron Rodgers stuff. <laughs> uh I wondered I was, if we were going to talk about this. Yeah. I wasn't planning on it, but all right. You know, right. And we, we tried to avoid the politics and all this stuff, but this is just ridiculous. Uh, six of the top 10 stories on Pro Football Talk or CBSSports.com were about Aaron Rodgers and the vaccine fiasco. The five, all five of the top five were about it. I, I was just, this is why I can't take the media seriously. Uh, now, Michael David Smith, he's the managing editor for Pro Football Talk, which is CBS Sports. Now, he wrote an article. This is a top article, uh, just blasting Rodgers. And the title of the article was, Aaron Rodgers claims he's a victim of the woke mob and cancel culture. The article, the title itself was a lie because Aaron Rodgers never claimed he was a victim Right. That was what what he said Michael was, oh, Davis they're says. probably going to come after me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, said. right. And uh, <clears throat> this Michael David Smith guy, this is this is the, the managing editor of Pro Football Talk, the CBS Sports. I mean, this, this is the big honcho. He's writing an article. One, he lies right off the bat in the title. And it's. Oh, gosh, I'm just going to read the article real quick. It's short, but it just the 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 biasness in this, the and the dripping with contempt. The anyhow, here it goes. It says Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is painting himself as a victim after it revealed this week that he got COVID-19 and is not vaccinated, despite his previous public claim that he was, quote, immunized, end quote, which he knew had been widely interpreted as getting the vaccine. Quote, I realize I'm in the, cro- I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now, so before the final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight on some of the blatant lies that are out there about me now, end quote, Rogers said. But Rogers did not cite any specific, quote, lies, end quote, that have been told about him. Instead, he launched into what he himself described as a, quote, diatribe, end quote, about a, quote, witch hunt going across the league, end quote. Rogers claims to have done his own research and that he has an allergy to an ingredient in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. And he said that his decision to seek alternative treatments was, quote, what was best for my body, end quote. That is a highly dubious claim. But even if it were true, what Rogers seems not to realize is that the decision to get vaccinated is not just about his own body, but about the health and well-being of everyone around him. Rogers chose to selfishly put people around him at an increased risk of catching COVID-19 from him. Now Rogers is out for at least 10 days and will miss Sunday's game. Now, one, this should have been an opinion piece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Absolutely. definitely written with a lot of sauce. <laughs> sauce. <laughs> not, not source, sauce. Uh, and this guy, uh, Michael... Smith, 
He mocks Rogers about launching into a diatribe about a witch hunt going across the league. Mm-hmm. He mocked him. Mm-hmm. As Smith is literally doing a witch hunt on him. <laughs> yeah. This guy, Smith, tweeted out and called for the this health insurance company that Aaron Rodgers oh, yeah. worked with to cancel him. And they to did. To drop him as a sponsor. Yeah. And they did. But yeah. this Smith guy is saying there is no witch hunt. It's ridiculous that Aaron Rodgers would say that. And then he goes on and he literally calls Aaron Rodgers a putz. This is... The managing editor of Pro Football Talk, CBS Sports. And I just love it when these people who write about sports uh, mock athletes and say, you know, because he says, oh, Aaron Rodgers says he's done the research and he knows what's best for his body. And this writer is mocking that. Yes. I, I want to see what kind of physical specimen Michael Smith is yeah. to where he thinks he's in a position to mock an elite athlete about his health. That's right. And, you know, it's it's ridiculous. This stuff has gotten ridiculous. I mean, this guy had numerous tweets about Aaron Rodgers. Numerous. Uh, and a couple of days ago, a... Oakland Raiders first round draft pick drove 156 miles an hour drunk and crashed into a car burning a woman and a dog alive. It's it's on video. I watched it. It's absolutely horrible. And not a single tweet by this guy about that shit. Not a single article about it. Now, Rogers didn't kill anybody. Aaron Rogers didn't kill anyone. Uh, as far as I know, he didn't even get anyone sick. But yet he is being demonized. And, you know, they're calling for him to be suspended, fined. They're, they're calling for his sponsors to cancel him and all this stuff. Uh, this Michael Smith guy is also, he's a, a progressive Democrat. He's got all these tweets on his thing bashing anybody that's you know supports anybody that he doesn't agree with politically you know anybody on the right is just a piece of shit he he bashed uh uh football star Herschel Walker because he's a republican i mean he just ba- basically came out and said this guy does not he knows nothing about politics he's you know he's the token black man just it's disgusting at how these people act. And these are writers. They're supposed to be unbiased, but that's mm-hmm. gone. That's mm-hmm. gone. That's out the window. He's blatantly political all over his Twitter account. And, uh, you know, he brings it right up in everybody's face. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar claimed that Aaron Rodgers, he accused him of being selfish and harmful for not taking this vaccine. Now, everybody in the media, everybody has just been bashing Aaron Rodgers like he's mm-hmm. fucking Stalin or Hitler or some crap. And so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar comes out and says that. This coming from a man whose son just got sentenced for stabbing a, his neighbor in the head multiple times. What? Yeah, of course his son got a light sentence. It's basically probation. Over a garbage can dispute. Oh my God. Okay. 
Why no moral outrage over that? Yeah. Why do we allow crap like that? You know, the DUI, this guy uh, killing, burning alive a woman and a dog in a car. And everybody's just like, well, you know what happens? We'll cut him and just move on. The, the uh, what's his name? Antoine, the, the other Raiders guy who, you know, had a bunch of guns and he was threatening to shoot somebody on Twitter and everything. Oh my God. You know, we're like, oh, okay. So, you know, they cut him and we move on. And, you know, we, we got Lovey Smith. He's the, the the defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. His son was charged with sex trafficking. We got Andy Reid. His son murdered somebody in a DUI case. Yeah, she didn't die. Oh, she Did didn't she? die. Oh, uh, that's right. she seriously maimed her. I mean, she's... The coma. Probably yeah. never walk again. All that good right. stuff. Last time we checked in on that. You know, and what do we hear from the media on that? On these things? Nothing. Not a Mm-mm. thing. Mm-mm. But yet we're supposed to couch faint and have this moral panic because a guy chooses not to get a vaccine from a virus that's been around for two goddamn years. I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. This shit is cowardly. Now, this this Michael Smith guy, you know, he's 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 a progressive Democrat. You know, he likes to put his politics out there and throw it in everybody's face. And that's fine. But he needs to fucking listen to uh, Jim Hightower, who is an activist progressive, you know, who was you know one of the, the one of the biggest writers in the eighties and nineties, in the seventies, he said, the opposite of courage is not cowardice; it's conformity. Even a dead fish can go with the flow, and that's what we're seeing across the board. All these cowards talk. I don't care what your standing is on the vaccine or your politics and all that kind. Of, I don't care, but don't be a coward about it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let a guy kill a woman, you know, because he's drunk driving and you have nothing to say about that. But then a guy decides not to get a vaccine and you're going to couch faint over it and act like it's the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You're going to write article after article after article. Like I said, six. Of the top 10, no, seven of the top 10 articles on Pro Football Talk were about Aaron Rodgers just blasting. And the number one, and all the comments were the same way. Everybody was like, 227 comments on the top article that Mike Smith wrote about how horrible a person Aaron Rodgers is. Not a single article about uh, rugs. Not one. No, No, they did write an article saying he got cut. That was it. No commentary. No opinion. You know, do we have an epidemic of coaches' sons, of athletes' sons going across the league? I don't know. We wouldn't know. Media doesn't talk about it. You know? it's. A, I mean, obviously, Andy Reid has an issue with sons. Obviously, mm-hmm. Lovey Smith has an issue with sons. You know? Uh, Tony Dungy's son committed suicide. A horrible, horrible, tragic event. But maybe we need to be asking what's going on with these celebrity sons. Nah, we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers not getting a vaccine. I know. It's ridiculous. Here's the thing. You know, I remember when the left was a champion against uh, big pharma, big business, uh, big corporations, the FBI, the CIA, all this good stuff. But now they're getting tattoos of big pharma. They're celebrating big pharma making billions of dollars a quarter over forcing vaccines on everybody. Uh, They push big pharma products. I mean, they're essentially big pharma salesmen. Uh, the richest people in the world are all 
Democrats. They're all on the left. All the corporations are left. You can't, you can't, I mean, look at the NFL. They push democratic messages on the back of everybody's helmets, on the field. It's everywhere. They actively cheer on the FBI and the CIA. Hell, they're the news organization, CNN, MSNBC, hire these people. The CIA and the FBI are now giving you the news. And that's what we're getting all across the board. Mm-hmm. I don't want politics in my entertainment. Keep it out of my face. I don't want your religion in my face. I don't want your sexual preference in my face. I don't want your politics in your face. I don't want your economic policy beliefs in my face. I don't care about any of that. I am watching football for entertainment. And it's starting to piss me off. I am sick of COVID. Sick of it. Just absolutely, It's never going away, people. It's impossible. It's literally impossible for us to get rid of it. It's never going to go away. It's endemic. It's here forever. We're going to have to live with it. We, the Spanish flu happened 100 years ago. We're still living with that. It's flus, influenza, coronaviruses. When they, hit, when they come, they're here forever. We can't get rid of them because you can't inoculate every person, every animal, everything on the planet. You can't do it. Smallpox was an exception because there was no animal reservoirs. And it was very hard to transmit it. So it was easy when people got it to isolate them and then go in and vaccinate everybody. But that's not how this is going to happen. So it's never going away. We need to just stop this mess and just move on with our lives. And here's the thing, too, is the NFL just put out new COVID rules. They adjusted some of their uh, regulations with regard to COVID. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they're allowing now is shared water bottles. Yes. How idiotic is that? I mean, but it's a a squirt in your mouth. You can now squirt into more than one person's mouth. Right. But here's the thing about that, guys. Weren't we told it's the droplets? Right. It's the droplets. The droplets. Don't you think when you're squirting stuff in your mouth, there's going to be some backsplash? Right. It's going to get back on the water bottle? Yes. Isn't that how the droplets work? Isn't that what the mask is supposed to do? Yeah. So how does this make sense? And that was Aaron Rodgers' whole point Nothing. And what we've been saying, we've been saying this for months. Right. Ever since they came out with the COVID regulations, we were like, well, it's kind of apparent to us that it's not about coronavirus and controlling that. It's about punishing people Mm -hmm. who do not conform. And that's been apparent from the beginning. Aaron Rodgers is one of the few to come out and say that only after he got backed into a corner, I Mm -hmm. might add. Uh, so when you're talking about cowards earlier, yeah, I'm not giving it Aaron Rodgers no reward. Yeah, I don't. For, yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I mean, Cole Beasley is the only one that came out and said, "Hey, this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense." And they've been. Yeah, well, you know, it didn't make sense when we pointed out that they excluded union personnel on the sideline from having to deal with any of this COVID stuff. Like, like the virus knows the difference between somebody that's in a union and somebody that isn't. Like that matters. Like that matters. And if it's a debt, it's if it's as deadly and it's a, a disease that is truly going to kill a lot of people and it's very dangerous you don't make exceptions like that no no you just don't no so it, it, i'm just sick of it i'm tired of it i don't want to hear about it anymore and i definitely don't want it in my face all these we have a nation of hall monitors now crossing guards who would think that it's their right to go around and chastise anybody who doesn't follow protocol you know, 
that's not how I want to live. That's not how I'm going to live. You know, I don't care. You know, I'm I'm extremely independent. I am an independent person. I mean, Molly will attest to this. And <laughs> you our, tell me to do something, kin- <laughs> even if it's for my own good, I ain't going to do it if yeah, you tell no, me to do it. Yeah, no, we'll never do it. <laughs> I gave that up a lot. I learned that real early. <laughs> yes. Anything and- I told Ralphie had to do. It was never going to happen. And in fact, he was going to do the exact opposite. Right. And if I'm forced to do it, I'm going to do a crappy job at it. Make you never make sure you never Mm -hmm. ask me to do it again. Uh, But here's how ridiculous this stuff is. Dakota Dozier, a Minnesota Vikings player, fully vaccinated, had to be rushed to the emergency room for. Because he couldn't breathe. Because he couldn't breathe. COVID symptoms, whatever. We don't don't know what's going on there. But. Oh, he tested positive. Oh, he, he has it, yeah. He, he's vaccinated, and he's got Fully it. Fully vaccinated and hospitalized. When was year. the last time that you heard of an unvaccinated player that got rushed to the hospital like that? Never. Well, no, last year. There was one. There was there two was... who okay. got sick last year. Yeah. And one went to the hospital. It was a Miami player. Yeah. And, and he's still dealing with issues, I think. Right. What so, you were talking about. Exactly. So now we got vaccinated people who are going to the emergency room and stuff like that. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he gets it. He's just, you know, I, did he I don't it? know. He's doing interviews from his couch, so I don't think it's. Yeah, he seems fine. Yeah. You know, so the vaccine, I, I just, I can't deal with it anymore. I'm sick of it. Keep it out of my face. You know, and that's, that's why I don't read and I don't watch ESPN. I don't watch the NFL mm-hmm. Network. You know, I just don't watch this stuff anymore. I haven't in years, but, you know, I happened to stumble on <laughs> pro football talk. I was looking at some stats or something. I stumbled on that, read up on all this mess. I was like, you got to be crap. You get seriously. So then I look into it and it's just, it's ridiculous. So you just, just stop it, people. Stop it. Let me enjoy my football without telling me that I need to support gay people or that I need to, uh, you know, stop hate. I mean, how stupid is that? That's stupid. Stop hate. What are we doing right there with Aaron Rodgers? Oh, we're hating on We're people. hating on Aaron Rodgers. You're going against. I mean, what, I'm going to hate on him no matter what. <laughs> right. We don't even like Aaron Rodgers. We hate him anyhow. I know, y'all. Quit making me defend Aaron Rodgers. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. <sighs> I want to watch my football. And if you're going to take away the big hits and all the, you know, the, the trash the talk and the, the trash talk, the taunting, uh, you can't hit them high. You can't hit them low. You know, it's going to be turned into two hand tags. So then I'm just going to stop watching it. I don't get a cabin in Tennessee. <laughs> We're just going to, I'll take, I'll take up hockey. Something. Something. This, something. I'm just tired of it. You, you guys just stop. Just Make it stop. stop. You know, and all the all these media people, all of them, are nothing but cowards. You know, they all march to the same drum. I think all the Buccaneers media too, they're the same way, except for I think Joe Buck's fan, and that's because they're not. You know, they're they're fans first. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, I don't think they. I don't even think they like the media people that they <laughs> deal with. I don't think and so either. I, and you know. We, I mean, we have confirmation that the media people there don't like Joe Buck's fans. So, you know, just stop, man. Just stop. I'm tired of it. You know, I, I don't want to hear about it's been two years, two years. We've been locked in our house. We've worn masks. We've gotten shots. We've, you know, we got masks on our kids. 
you know, you can't stand near people. You can't, I just, Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm done. You know, around here, it's not that bad. Uh, You know, we don't have as many restrictions as some place. We go to some places though. You got to wear masks still. You're like, what the, you know, uh, we went to Tennessee. Oh my God. It's like a different planet. Totally different planet. (laughs) They, they don't have any, you know, it's like it doesn't exist there. There's no, right. you know, here we have signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see people throughout. Oh. Stuff on the floor, stand yeah. six feet apart. Uh, people still wear masks. I didn't see a single mask. No, we did. We I saw, saw like a handful yeah. over four days. Yeah. You know. And that so. was when we were by the college town. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it, look, it's here to stay. There's no getting around it. You know, we got to keep, we got to move on with our lives. But these guys just want to use it as a tool. They just want to use it to beat people over the heads with, man. That's it. Well, I think that they're, in general, low status. Uh, a lot of males, low status beta males, who this is how they wield power because they're never going to oh, be able to do it any other way. You talk about the media people? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the football I, team. You know, you want to do a, that tomorrow? We're at an hour and 15 minutes now. Uh, okay, sure. So, guys, All we'll right. have a podcast out. Friday night. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it Friday night. All right. And uh, we'll it'll be it. the preview for the Redskins. Boy, we went on some rants tonight. Oh, my gosh. That's what happens when you We get, were cranky. <laughs> when you get pent up. I know. And I've been in a car for four days. I know. I know. We haven't had a podcast like the whole week. Mm-hmm. We've just kind of been stewing in our own, uh, you know, things. The things. <laughs> <Stewing in our laughs> you things. know. <laughs> I hope that was a good outlet. I feel better. How are you feeling? Yeah, you know, I, it just needed to be said. You know, and I'd like to go deeper into this stuff and really talk about it, but this isn't the forum for it. But, you know, I, I'm just... Well, it just feels like everyone else uses it for a for That's what's so frustrating yes. to me. And it's with the players as well. You know, when they start advocating for their issues, they go, mm-hmm. well, I have a platform, so I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not using their platform for things, they get shamed about it. Like, right. you'll see it in the Twitter comments all the time. Well, you have this platform. You should really be talking about this issue that I care about. And so, you know, I get conflicted about it. Yes, very much so. I mean, I've got a lot that I would like to say about all this stuff. But one, this is a Buccaneers podcast. I like to try and keep it to football and Buccaneers, not politics and you know sexual preferences and you know all this stupid stuff. And uh, two, I don't want to get banned. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- we live in a society now where you can't say certain things, mm-hmm. and it's true. I, you don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I never know. So I just kind of try to keep stuff as straight and narrow as I can, you know, to stay in the lane. But I, when, when the number one news story is about a two-year-old virus and a guy not getting vaccinated over that, that's the number one story in the football world when all this other stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. It's sickening. It is. It is sickening. And, you know, we've got we've got referees who are throwing games, who are making outlandish calls that make no sense to anybody, not even the guys in the booth, the booth guys who, you know, they really try to support the officials as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, when they can't even understand what's going on and you get, you got, I can't even talk football with people without them, you know, just saying, I, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. It's just, you know, it's every play is a penalty. The penalties don't make sense. They review it. They show it in slow motion for 50 different angles. And I still don't know what the penalty is, <laughs> you know, and then it's just, it's too much. And we'll, I feel like I got to say something, you know, just stop, just stop. So anyhow, I'm with you. That's my rant. All right, guys, we have, this has gone way too far over and, uh, I ain't going to apologize for that because I don't apologize for nothing. But <laughs> tomorrow we will have the preview. And that's better anyhow because, the, you know, the, the injury report for both teams comes out tomorrow. So we'll we'll probably do a quick one tomorrow. It'll be probably 30, 45 minutes. And we'll just cover straight up. It'll just be a preview of the Redskins game. What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds good? Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, we do appreciate you. We appreciate all of our supporters. If you want to help out with uh, some sponsorship and stuff, Click the link in the description, and we'll go into that a little bit further tomorrow, too. Uh, Don't have time to cover all that. So, all right. Till next time. Go Bucks.